This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. And we're back on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket online at WTK.com. We get to the MGO Blog Roundtable at the top of the hour, but we're bringing Seth and Craig on a little early. We're going to shift gears for just a couple of minutes because, Seth, I know you, uh, while you are amazing blue through and through, there's also Honolulu blue in there as well. Touchdown, and so, Detroit Lions! And you must, uh, you must have been enjoying, needless to say, on Sunday. This is uh, not quite uncharted territory <laughs> for you, but close. Oh, my God. I'm thinking about in 2020 when I came on. I think it was exactly this time of year in 2020 I came on here with a with a Lions jersey on and my kid's Lions costume on my head, and I sang forward I down the field that. to try to convince you guys that I was such a big Lions fan because I wanted to hire Jim Harbaugh. Now, I didn't think it was a bad idea. I thought the Lions should have hired Jim Harbaugh. But, boy, did they knock it out of the park with Dan Campbell. And there, you've seen so many NFL teams – Pick up offensive coordinators, right? You see, somebody, or, or, or in some cases, defensive coordinators. I don't want to short circuit Mike McDonald's rise right now, but like the the smart guys in the room, the the upstairs guys. Yeah, the young hot guy. Right, and that's because, and, I, and that makes sense because I think for a long time football went the other way. They overrated how much a, a head coach is supposed to be a motivator, and the Lions found a way to capitalize on something that a lot of teams kind of left behind, that Dan Campbell's a motivator. And he's he's got these guys playing better than they ever thought that they could play. And he's got Lions fans believing faster than we ever thought we could turn around 50 or 60 or 70 years. However long you've been alive is the amount of time that as a lion and been a Lions fan is the amount of time that you've had to kind of learn this to grow this second skin. And Lions fans are unlike every other NFL fan base. No other NFL fan base understands us because we don't get all bent out of shape after every loss. We would get so we go, "Oh, SOL." Well, now now it's getting in. There's cracks. There's it's it's not even cracks, they're gone. And right now the Lions have gone further than they ever have in my lifetime. And still, if they lose to San Francisco on Saturday, I'm actually going to be devastated. It happened. I let them in. It's not a joke anymore. It's not a bit anymore. And and you can call me a bandwagon fan all you want to because, yes, I am a bandwagon fan. I was following the Lions. I watched every Lions game, but I was not getting devastated if they lost. I felt like, okay, this is just what happens to our team. And so and I and I need this. I need this to be funny. I need this. It's a it's a good bit. And it's not a bit anymore. I'm really going to – I'm really invested in Sunday. Yeah, and so we spent a lot of time, and we'll uh, wrap up the Lions conversation momentarily, but I love the parallels as well between the Lions and Michigan. You're talking about two coaches that came in to work on culture, 
two coaches that came in and instilled, you know, mentalities that your team, that their team is going to punch you in the face and then you have to fight back. Or I guess in Dan Campbell's case, bite your kneecaps off. But still, the point stands. And the cultures that these coaches have been able to instill and the team, the way they rally around their coach, maybe Aiden's a big part of it, right? Because mm-hmm. he was a part of the first, the culture that shift here and he's a part of the, uh, the culture shift there. But I love the parallels between them and watching the success. And I think Michigan fans grew that second layer of skin too for a little while too because we had a, you know, Michigan was the best team in the country this year and they proved by the end of the year that they were the elite team. But as you go through the course of the season, most years in college football, you can identify which team is the elite team in college football by the time you get to the end. But when it's your own team and you've had so many things happen to you, you can't identify it necessarily. So I think we had that thick skin here. I don't think that um, ever. Michigan fans well. never grew that thick skin. I Believe me, I have a message board where after, after Michigan they losses. Were, Michigan fans for two years were waiting for a shoe to drop, and they never did. But we just had yeah. that mentality. I think we finally shook it late this year. Maybe they were waiting for the overtime in the Rose Bowl. Sorry. Yeah, I think the Michigan fans were waiting for the system to change or trying to change the system. We, we felt like we were systemically prevented from competing, and we thought that we were we were doing it to ourselves in a way. We thought the NCAA had it in for us. We thought the SEC had picked up advantages that they shouldn't have had. Um, obviously, they have, they lived near the talent, so they had that advantage. You know, Ohio State gets a state twice the size of Michigan, population-wise, to itself. As far as, like, recruiting-wise, right? They have twice as much football talent as Michigan, and they're the only Power 5 team in that whole state. And, you know, I... I don't know if you want to count Cincy as like a, as a major program now or what, but like we had Michigan State biting at our heels in a state that was half the size. So Michigan always had these disadvantages, and what's Michigan's advantages? Michigan's got the education, so we can go after guys. Like if you know if you're a, if you have a choice between Michigan and Stanford, and I know we want to talk Lions, but if you have a choice between Michigan and Stanford, <laughs> Michigan's going to have the better football, right? If and those are the kind of guys that we were going to go after. We were going to like, okay, if you really want to play football and you really want to get an education, we're going to get those guys. And we got some of those guys. We got Rashawn Gary, right? Uh, and those, those are people that you can get because Michigan has that advantage that's built into itself. That's an inherent advantage. The winning is program and stuff like that. Kids don't care that much about history. Like barely anyone. I think Craig's the only one uh, who's still alive from the <laughs> from the forty eight championship and forty seven championship. So uh, vaguely, I was an infant, so. <laughs> but I was alive. So, 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 so Craig's the only one alive today who lived through every single yeah. Michigan national championship, and the you know the and the kids don't care that much about it. We're we're in a different spot now, and we're going to go back to Harbaugh. But just to go back to the Lions, I think we learned, I learned after 2020, how important culture is. I, I think we've had this conversation on a, on a greater level, on a grander level, on like how important it is you know, in a society, how, how important you and how much you have to work at culture to make it work right for you. And you can go back to every single piece of news that we've gone through as Michigan fans and Lions fans in the last four years and say... What happened when we paid attention to our culture and what happened when we didn't? Lions said, we're going to pay attention to culture. Michigan said, we're going to pay attention to culture. We're going to say, these are the values that we're going to promote. These are the kinds of guys who are going to thrive here. And Aiden Hutchinson is the kind of guy who is going to make any program he goes to better. But he's going to make you even more better in a kind of program where he can thrive. right? And Michigan and the Lions are both those kinds of programs where for many years we were not that. And it makes it just so much sweeter to follow these teams. And it's, it, man, 
I, I, I love Dan Campbell. I never thought I would love Dan Campbell. I thought I'd have to, like, you know, be talking about how this guy was a joke, and we knew it. And I'm so wrong about that and so happy to be wrong about that. We are getting, oh, we're going to get back to the Jim Harbaugh conversation with the M Go Blog Roundtable on the other side of the break as we continue here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA Ann Arbor Accumulus Station. And we are back on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket online at WTKA.com. We are also live on Ticket TV as well. It's time for the MGO Blog Roundtable. We are joined this morning. You already heard them in the last segment. We bring them back again now. We say good morning to Seth Fisher and Craig Ross. Fellas, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? I, I'm fine up until 2025, I think. I, I, can, coast, I can keep right. going. On the on the trajectory I'm going, I think we're good, but we're gonna have to solve some things for 2025. That's where I'm feeling. All right, so let's uh, let's just jump right into where uh, I don't know where were you guys yesterday? Was it six seven o'clock? I'm not even sure the specific time. We were right around the beginning of the women's basketball game. I was at Chrysler last night, and my phone just started blowing up. And I knew what it meant as soon as it started blowing up because, of course, things happen when you're at games. Or I know Seth, you had a thing that you were getting ready to do, and that's what happens. Right? So dragons. Off this morning, but now we have to work a little bit because of the news. The timing is the timing. So I guess uh, take us to the, your window when it happened. Was it more of a? Was it? But was it? I don't know. Is it relief? Is it? Or it's over? Like what was your your thought process as the as it actually the news comes out last night? Uh, I was. I, I was. I had vague hope, but I kind of figured when we've been hearing from players and whatnot. I mean, Harbaugh has not been, you know, dishonest to anybody, right, <laughs> about his intentions. And um, you know, he was – Michigan was doing what they could to keep him. And I know on the Michigan side that they felt a little bit um, more confident recently than, than I think they had been for a while. I think that going into the season, there's probably zero chance, and I think that Chances went up because they went after him for the sign gate stuff, which kind of, you know, Harbaugh's a weird dude that kind of rankled him. And I think it also maybe possibly could have softened the NFL's interest. Obviously, it didn't. Obviously, they um, and, and Brian will be here in just a second. Uh, obviously, they uh, um, this was going to happen. And he knew that this was going to happen. If he if it happened in 2021, I would have been upset about it. Because it happened after he won us a national championship, I feel like we got the deal. That you get an NFL coach who's a successful NFL coach to come coach your college team for nine years. This is the deal. He wins you a national championship. He can go back to the NFL. Because who else gets this? Who else has ever had a successful NFL coach, a coach who went to the Super Bowl, come back and coach their college team for almost a decade? And he leaves the team with a, a, a lot still in place. I know we're going to have to fight him for a couple of pieces. I expect, you know, Minter will probably leave. I hope we keep Herbert. That's going to be a discussion. But he set up the program to succeed after him. So it's not like he's leaving in 2021 where he, like, got us to the precipice and then bails. He did it. And we will always have this year. And we should be uh, we, we should be able to set ourselves up for success in the future. Um I, I I wish him well, and I'm going to root for the Chargers. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Sorry, my kid threw up on the bus. Oh, good deal. So I had to go. I had to go get him, <laughs> which is like I just he figured took, he took the news pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured you were up all night watching the Shea doubles match. Uh, I, I, I don't I was, think finished till like 3 a.m. But no, I was uh, not. grabbing. So if there's any snorting in the background, that's the uh, over there. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> 
So anyway, well, I was uh, I was writing an article for a theoretical book or magazine that Seth and Brian may or may not be putting together. Oh, we're putting it together. Well, I've got about it's a book. Well, I've got five thousand words written, and I'm just started. That's a book in itself, right? Um, and so uh, when I heard it, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not. No one should be surprised. He, it's clear he wanted out of the NCAA or out from whatever and wants to go back to the pros. And I'm not sure that San Diego's necessarily or San Angeles or whatever they are is not, is, is not, is such a great place to be honest. He's got his work cut out for him there uh, because they're 34 million over the cap. And uh, they've got what I consider a lot of deadwood on that roster. That's going to be hard to deal with. Yeah. He's got, he's got a great quarterback, but otherwise that team has problems and they have no fan base. But it's 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 clear he wanted out, and and what I don't know is how badly Michigan actually bungled this in in terms of competing for for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what I saw was a demand for, or Michigan's demand for uh, a buyout. Why? I mean, these things are offensive and stupid and pointless in the first place, and here they are demanding a buyout. And apparently, if the reporting is accurate, they were demanding a buyout. I mean, they probably changed that at the end. And the second thing was some sort of, quote, immunity provisions. Now, you'd have to see what those immunity provisions look like before you could really comment on them coherently. Uh, you know, if they say he commits a felony that, you know, and he's in prison and he can't coach, then I guess that would be reasonable. But uh, uh, otherwise, I'm not quite sure. The thing that's bothersome to me is that I'm not sure that he didn't. I mean, it looks pretty clear he wanted out anyway for some time now. But the thing that's the most bothersome for me is the failure of the regents um, to stand up for him in that TRO hearing. When they pulled the plug uh, on on lawyers who knew they were going to win that that hearing, uh, and when they when they pulled that plug, it was it to me it was we're not really standing up for you, and 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 it gave the university, the regents, <clears throat> the athletic department minimal standing, and because they they're just saying hey we're not going to do it we don't care that this is outrageous we don't care that this isn't being treated right we ain't standing behind you, and we don't care that we that that we're going to win because we were they were going to win that TRO hearing. And so, to me, it it still it pisses me off, and and it and it to was a nail. Uh, it was a nail, the last nail. Now maybe it makes no difference because he's wanted. It seems that he's wanted out, and I and and everyone should understand why. An I mean, let's job let's is better. It. All right, we got to stop talking about like wanted out. Yeah. Like it's not like he was unhappy at Michigan, but he can't win a Super Bowl at Michigan, right? Well, like that's, that's that's fair. I mean, and like it, that, that, like he's interviewing every every offseason with NFL right. teams. You know, I don't think it it's a surprise that he interviews with an NFL team after winning a national championship and sure. actually comes to a conclusion that he wants to try to win a Super Bowl. And and I said uh, last week or a couple weeks ago that Jim Harbaugh is a unique individual in that he has been very successful at both the college and the pro levels. There's no other coach in college who has done anything in the NFL. And other than Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll, when he was at USC, he had a failed tenure as an NFL coach in his rearview mirror. 
Right. So the number of successful in-demand NFL head coaches who have coached in college is one. His name's Jim Harbaugh. And so, you know, people weren't coming after Nick Saban after he got Alabama running because Nick Saban had a disastrous season and a half with the Dolphins and decided he wanted nothing more to do with the league, period. That was not how Jim Harbaugh's tenure went. You know, he clashed with Trent Balky and got forced out in sort of hilarious fashion, but you know, he was in the Super Bowl. He was in two more NFC Championship games, and he had one eight and eight season, and they, they cut bait. And it's just like, I mean, there's no fixing stupid sometimes. So thank you, San Francisco. But I don't, I'm not sure that there's really anything Michigan could have done, like contract terms, whatever. The Super Bowl is an NFL thing. If he could win a Super Bowl with Michigan, he'd still be here. Well, I I probably agree with most of that, but I, I also think that Michigan could have done a lot better. So the uh, reason, and, Craig, and whether they whether they lost him or not, they so could have done better. You're getting lost you're getting lost in the window dressing. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, everything else is all just noise and window dressing because you the report from Yahoo was it a couple weeks ago that Michigan had put a big number of contract in front of him. And part of that from Jim's side was he will not sign a contract that starts before mid February. Why? Because he wanted the same out. He was looking at the NFL. Everything else, all the report, the article from last night, all that stuff is window dressing. If Michigan could join the National Football League, then they would have done that to keep Jim Harbaugh. But Michigan cannot do that, and so they cannot offer him that. And why and not, Ira? Why can't we join the National Football League? Because we're so <laughs> sick of the Big Ten. Uh, listen, I, I disagree on a couple of things that Craig said here. And I First of all, I absolutely do not think it's a given that Michigan was going to win the TRO. I I I don't want us to stop saying that because no no they I, were they were gonna win I it. cannot I I know I, they were gonna win it and and you're an attorney but I know I've spoken a lot of I know other the attorneys people about and I know the, I know the, all the, I know the players involved okay all right I I don't want I I I don't want to I I don't want to be at least on record as agreeing with that I don't yeah. think it was I don't okay. think it was true um, Michigan was not going to keep Jim Harbaugh from a good NFL deal now Michigan was perfectly I mean, Harbaugh was perfectly happy to come back to Michigan if the NFL offers were like oh hey you know we're going to want to control you and we just want your name and like we're going to pick the GM right like he he had leverage because he could always go back to Michigan it wasn't like he was you know crying for a job um and I think that that was uh the leverage that Michigan that he had over Michigan it was so great that looking at the contract details really makes no sense. To say like Michigan flubbed this would be a complete incorrect reading of what happened. What happened was I disagree. I just I just want to interject. To I disagree. If the NFL was going to offer him the kind of opportunity that he wanted. Now, you're right that LA does not have the best NFL situation, but no coach in history has ever thought he's not the problem the answer to all the problems that his program well, has. This is the guy who walked into Stanford and walked into the Niners and was immediately successful sure. beyond his any expectation. And, and San Diego. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, scholarships and everyone else in the league. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, that your Super Bowl take isn't accurate, and I'm not saying that he wasn't going regardless because he's clearly been interviewing for three years. So that that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's a pretty solid ground. What I am saying is Michigan should not have, have put a contract on the table with buyouts, with 
immunity clauses. I mean, I mean, they, they, they're throwing correct. chairs in the way of a resolution. He inter he's interviewing every offseason for NFL jobs. Correct. Every offseason. Agree. At some point, there was going to be one that you know. I, I'm not saying that's wrong. And I, well, okay, but you're, you're there's why are we having all these recriminations? It's Michigan had Jim Harbaugh for nine years. They won the Big Ten three straight years. They won the yep. national championship his yep. final year. And they're set up for success in the future because they have a coach in waiting who got three games of experience this year. Four. Um, four. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's 37, who everybody in the program loves. And they're set up much better for success than they were with them with Lloyd Carr left. Because Lloyd Carr left Michigan with six offensive linemen and – Halfway through that season, people are like, "Why? Why is everyone on offense a freshman?" It's because like there wasn't anybody else. And if you look at this roster next year, there's a couple of question marks at wide receiver and quarterback, and everything else looks pretty good to incredibly great. So I'm happy enough to send Jim Harbaugh back to the league. I think it was going to be really hard to keep him after he won the national title, and I'd rather focus on like what is going to happen moving forward than like whether Michigan could have kept Harbaugh, which is unknowable. And I, it was kind of beside the point. Like it, he's gone. Now what? Yeah. So. Well, I, I, I agree with that. The more important issue right now is, is it's not, could they have kept him? Which you're probably right. right uh, I, still don't, I still don't like what, how they went about it, but uh, you're probably right about that. But the, the question is, you know, what happens now and, and, and how do they keep, as much of the coaching staff uh, intact as they can. And that that's the issue. And how do they go about retaining what seems like a pretty good culture as much as they can? Well, uh, it seems like Minter's gone with him, which is fine. And then uh, Jay Baugh too, which, I mean, if I was Jay Harbaugh, I would be looking at this as an opportunity to like spread my wings a little bit, stay absolutely. at Michigan. Absolutely. Like, he doesn't think that way, um, well, I, but he was on a recruiting trip this week. So I, there is a possibility that people are over reporting Jay to the NFL with his dad um, and underestimating how much Jay likes being at Michigan. Well, and I think you'll see most of the rest of the staff, you know, stick because they're all college guys for the most part. I mean, Elston clink, um, Bellamy, yeah, Bellamy, yeah, Hart, Hart, yeah, and then Newsom will probably be the OL coach, I imagine, and they'll they'll keep Herbert. Um, they're not going to lose him in the NFL I, because I, NFL Bruce strength Feldman coaches are not a thing. Well, Bruce Feldman, it, I, I'm sorry, but Bruce Feldman is wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, there's no NFL strength coach that is paid like Ben Herbert is paid. Or has a role like that. Most NFL players have their own trainers and they have their own programs. They just come and use the facilities to put it, you know, to implement it. But yeah, the strength coach has a much different impact on a program in college and makes more money. In yeah. I, I would be very surprised if Herbert didn't stay I, um, just because you do not see NFL strength. Like who can you name an NFL strength coach? Yeah, that's a fairly <laughs> no, good point. No, but I I'll, I'll tell you why. I'm who is the lion's strength coach? <laughs> who cares? Because NFL strength coaches don't Dan matter. I, I completely concede that that point. I the reason why I'm I'm nervous is one, who does Bruce Feldman talk to at Michigan? Whenever he's got his his right, he's he's got 
somebody there that he that he knows well. And it always seems to be coming out of the, the workouts, right? So I think that Bruce Feldman is probably getting it from Ben Herbert. I, that's the first I just concern don't, that I have. We, there's also, you know, Henschke at Rivals is reporting that Herbert's going to come back. Okay. And honestly, I would trust, you know, any uh, reporter not named Chris Ballas who uh, – like who has their finger on the pulse more than Bruce Feldman. No offense mm-hmm. to Bruce Feldman, who I think is a good writer, but just like he's not embedded okay. in Michigan. All right. And the other concern I have is that Herbert actually has a very strong reputation in the NFL where NFL guys come here all the time and, and work out with him. Uh, remember the DJ Turner story? Where okay, but there's, there's, no, there's no role for him in the NFL. Like he doesn't get to do what he does at Michigan in the NFL. Like he, if he wants to be a freelance guy who only does NFL, I guess he could do that, but that doesn't really seem like his mo. So, yeah. I mean, I just you're you're projecting him into a job that does not exist. I, the NFL does not have a strength coach system like college does. Um, so I I would be surprised. I guess okay. maybe I'll be surprised, but I would yeah, be surprised. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm saying I'm not going to put it at like ninety percent. He's coming back. I would temper that a little bit. I have a question for you guys. Can Michigan throw more money at Minner than the NFL can? No. I think I think the hot. Well, can they? I mean, the what highest. Are you going to pay him five million? They yeah. have to pay him five or six million a year to be a coordinator, and no, that's a lot, that's a lot of money for a coordinator in college. Well, I mean, how much were they going to pay Harbaugh? Twelve million. Well, this is getting back to the same thing. Mm-hmm. It so is. So it's like he wants to be in the NFL. Okay. I, right. Okay. There's but a I'm job s- for him in the NFL. Like you're, right. you're asking Michigan to negotiate against for people who do not want to be in college anymore. Okay. I'm asking them to negotiate. If they lose, they lose. But I'm not. But you know what I'm asking them to do is say, hey, here's what we'll do for you, uh, and then let them choose. If it's the NFL, it's the NFL. But if they were going to pay Harbaugh twelve million, okay. Or but you, they this were, is not something that's ever going to be public, and we're ever going to know about. So you can say, yeah, they should offer him a big contract. And Maybe I'm sure they, they will, and but we don't know what the terms of that hypothetical contract are, or ever could know that. So it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah, I well, would love, like, all I'm, I, the point is, it's what it's what Michigan should be doing. I, 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 I mean, Michigan, you may be right. I'm sure they are. I, like, I think what Michigan should do is hire both Jesse Minner and Mike McDonald to be the guys who decide who their next defensive coordinator is. Well, that's okay. They might do it for free. Yeah, they can consult on that. Just so people to ask the question, there is a the rule, the law, regulation, whatever it is. Michigan has to post a job for seven days, but they can apply for a waiver. So we assume that waiver is going to be uh, granted like today. And generally, the, the rules in place for for equal opportunity employment purposes is the biggest reason why those things are posted for seven days. And if you're about to hire the first black head coach in the history of Michigan football, I don't think you need to wait seven days for any EOE stuff. You already qualify for that. So uh, yeah, I agree I with that. I'm That's... hoping for a press conference like tomorrow. That would be my hope. And then get ready for recruiting this weekend and move forward. Isn't that the best at this stage? The best thing for the program is to announce your own like today or tomorrow, have a press conference and just move forward and get all the, as many guys locked in as possible. I would say yes. And the nice thing about going to Sharon is that I don't think you're going to see what you saw at Bama. Like correct. Bama's roster got raided. um, And with the continuity that more provides and like, honestly, you know, Jim is kind of aloof and kind of an odd duck. And so where did the kind of unity in the program come from? Well, Biff Poggi was part of it. And I think Sharon was also a big part of it too. So, you know, 
part of Michigan's breakthrough the last three years, I think, is Sharon Moore. And the way that this team treated each other, the way that the, this team just, you know, was built on love. I don't think that came from Jim Harbaugh. No, all due respect to Jim Harbaugh, but that's not his role. That's not who he is. And I think, you know, that emotional, uh, not press conference, like interview at the end of the Penn state game, that's who Sharon is, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, just commits so much to this program. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to see how he'll do. And I think he will do well. I mean, the last guy who, took over for Jim Harbaugh at a college program who is an internal hire was David Shaw and David Shaw kept that train going at Stanford a really long time before he tailed off and he tailed off. He just retired, you know, like he just, he just lost the energy and Charon Moore's 37. So I don't see that happening for a long time. The bad part is, is the first time the university of Michigan has head coach has been younger than me. So that's a problem. <laughs> we got it. Craig, Craig crossed this Rubicon a long time ago. Yeah, but... I crossed it before you were born. With Lendon <laughs> Lee, I think, was the was the first one, right? <laughs> so what do you guys do on the defensive side for Steph? Like, what would you – do you look external? Do you – like, what are your – how would you kind of rank the board? What would your, what would your options be? Uh, just in terms of – well, so you need you a need linebacker. To, if if Minner is gone, right? You need to – if, if Minner is gone, I want – Honestly, whoever John Harbaugh tells us to hire, because right. that worked out pretty well the last two times. Just because Jim's gone doesn't mean John Harbaugh can't continue doing his solids. And they have this defensive system that has been praised by rivals and opposing coaches. And I just want to, I just want continuity as much as possible there. Now, I mean, I don't want to go off the board and go to Jim Leonard or something because I want the Ravens defense to continue. Like, I feel like that style of defense, that approach is, has worked wonderfully well for Michigan. They're returning a bunch of guys who are very experienced in the system and I don't want to change anything. So whoever provides the most continuity. And I do think that does mean that, you know, if clink scale is still around, he's going to be like a co DC. Um, and the guy that they bring in to, like call the defense is also going to be a co DC because this is the way these titles work these days. One of the guys that I had mentioned to Sam in the preseason, I said, if Jesse was here for just one more year, which it looks like it's going to be the case. One of the guys that I mentioned had just become the defensive coordinator at UCLA because he had come from the Ravens, uh, Dan Lynn, who is um, Lynn, the former NFL coach. It's his son. The problem is he just then in this past offseason, like a month ago, he went from USC to UCLA or from USC, sorry, from UCLA to USC. So I'm not mm. sure he's on the table, but there are a couple of guys uh, that people mentioned, you know, I would not go after Wing Martindale. I think he's, you know, I, I would not go after him as the guy, but someone on that tree. And there were a couple other names out there, whether they went with Wink to the Giants and they're available or maybe still with the Ravens. So it's possible to find someone from that to bring an external guy that is that fits the bill that you're talking about. But there aren't a ton of names left. I think the top two names were McDonald and Minner, and Michigan yeah. got three amazing there, years out of those guys. There is another Skywalker because those guys were with uh, Zachary Orr, who I think has, was recently promoted to the linebackers coach, was like the third wheel on there. Like when, when those guys were all trading spreadsheets um, as low-level uh, uh, staffers for the Ravens, and I think Orr went to the Jaguars for a while, and that's when he became an assistant coach. But now he's back with the Ravens. Um, I, I would I, I don't know the whole story there, but I think that he was mentioned when we hired Minter. I remember his name came up because um, like like oh there's a third one. So I I would look into him. Um, 
but that's probably the only guy on the Ravens staff right now who would come. Anthony Weaver's are like he's the assistant head coach. I don't I think he's waiting for for John Harbaugh's job. Um, so I, I I think that's the uh, the option there. But they these guys know each other, and there's other people out there who run the system who've worked with them at clinics and stuff like that. Like there are there are groups within coaching circles who are like, okay, these are our guys. And I'm sure Minter and McDonald know somebody who would want to work with Sharon Moore, who'd want – I mean, this is a plum job. Michigan's going to have the best defense in the country next year, regardless of who their defensive coordinator is. So, I, you know, it's this is an opportunity if someone wants it out there, and I think that they have the opportunity to shoot for the moon once they get more settled in. Uh, for somebody who is looking to come and do this for two, three years and then take an NFL job or take a head coaching job. Uh, I just would would like as much continuity as possible. I don't know if it's been Sharon who's created the environment. He's certainly played a part in it. Or if it's the coaching staff as a whole or who it might be. But the more continuity they can have, the better. It's It seems like that Michigan's going to need at least three New new people, is that right? Minner, uh, the linebackers coach, uh, and, yeah, and if they lose, Harbaugh, Jay, they're going to need a special teams coach. And Jay, so they're going to need four. It seems like they they're they're going to need four new coaches on the staff. And personally, I'd like the staff to pick them. Who's Campbell? Uh, is Campbell going to go with Harbaugh, or is he going to stick around and coach Jaden Davis? There's a lot of expectation that Kirk Campbell is going to get promoted to OC. Okay, that's what I figured. There's a lot of conversation about that. It seems like a natural fit. He was a play caller before he got here. He called plays in the opening game when Sharon was out. He helped. I don't know exactly what the role was when Sharon was filling in as game day head coach. What, as Kirk kind of stepped up a little bit in the role, what that means on game day. But he filled in some of that. And we know how much JJ loved him, uh, yeah. you know, as he got that job. So it just seems like a natural fit. Uh, one question I have for you, for all of you is uh, you've got Jim Leonard out there on the sidelines right now. Now, I'm not saying you'd bring him in as a D.C., but, I mean, would he be worth interviewing? He doesn't have a coaching job. It might be a way back in. I think he's been a very successful defensive coach. Uh, I mean, what, what might you think about that if he's interested? I'm not saying he is. I don't know. I got I got, is this a good dude concerns about Jim Leonard? Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. He reportedly like knifed Paul Chris in the back coming out. A guy with his pedigree, his ability to coordinate a defense. I mean, the Wisconsin's defense was hot fire when he was he was doing that to be what is an analyst at Illinois. Yeah. Like not even getting this. The, I think he's actually going to interview for the Packers defensive coordinator position because they had him as a finalist uh, before they hired Joe Barry. They finally wised up and got rid of Joe Barry. And I think he might be on that list, uh, on okay. their short list, because they tried to hire him the last time and he chose to stay at Wisconsin, probably so he could knife Chris in the back. <laughs> but yeah, just that that trajectory is like, I'm not sure I want that guy mm-hmm. in a college program. Like an NFL is like, fine, whatever. You know, it's, it's a business, but you know, you got to have some, uh, some heart for college program. And I just, I'm a little wary. I mean, I don't, I don't know the guy, obviously I'm just, I'm not entirely certain of, you know, what went down there, but just the pattern of like, yeah, I could go from a really good defensive coordinator to an analyst. I'm like, I don't know about that. And not an analyst at like Alabama where they rest. Right. He didn't even get the, uh, the, the Nick Saban. Like he's, he's working for Burt. <laughs> like, how how desperate do you have to be to call up Bert and be like, "Can I be an analyst?" Like, it's bad. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's a guy that knows him, so that's really bad. So, uh, all right, guys, we got to sneak a break in here, so we're going to take that break right now. Um, we will continue this conversation. I have a bigger college football picture conversation about Jim Harbaugh leaving that I want to ask you guys as well. So we're going to that. We're going to get to that on the other side of the break as we continue here with the MGo Blog Roundtable on the Michigan Insider here on Sports Talk 1050 WTK the ticket. Clear on radio. All right. If I see one more person in the chat to talk about Brian Kelly, I might break the chat. Brian <laughs> Kelly. I mean, oh my lord. Uh, and it's been there's I've seen hundreds of 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 things i mean i've seen let me tell you who i've seen nick saban urban meyer bill belichick pete carroll mike tomlin and brian kelly if I see brian, like i get that you have to that writers have to create lists right like it's their job who are the top candidates but the list yeah. should say sharon moore is the top and probably only candidate but if we need to give yeah. you other names here are a few yeah but if you put brian kelly on the list your list should be deleted it is not even a possible so remotely ridiculous. It's not even. It's so ridiculous. It's the remote possibility in there. His agents. Well, his it, agents I done a really good job. I think I looked it up. I think it's Trace Armstrong. Either it's coming from Trace or it's coming from LSU's AD. Though it's probably trying to get rid of him. But Brian, if you get a call yeah. from Trace Armstrong, you know what happened. <laughs> the uh, you know I, I will say Brian Kelly was the one coach who came out and maybe there's something behind this and said the Michigan stuff was, quote, the sign stealing was absurd, and that uh, he never won or lost a game because of sign stealing, and anyone who thinks otherwise is an idiot or something like that. He was probably campaigning for the job. And I was wondering, well, maybe he's campaigning for the Michigan yep. job. So, I mean, uh, I've had people who – I know people who played for him at mm -hmm. Grand Valley who are like, there's no way he's ever getting the Michigan job. Like they, they, they know everyone in the state of Michigan has known for a long time. Steve nailed it. Brian Steve Kelly Horn nailed it. it. Brian Kelly wants Michigan like he wants Olivia Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I mean, Ohio State hired Bill O'Brien to come in and fix whatever is, quote, wrong with their offense. I personally don't think there was anything wrong with their offense. I think they they had C.J. Stroud and then they didn't. But the um, – I mean, the question we need to be asking is, how do you stay ahead in the metagame? Because that was a big part of the story in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry for the last few years. We can get into this back when we're out, out of the break, too. But, you know, I, I want to make sure that whatever Ohio State's do, we're doing, we're one step ahead. Whatever their offensive coordinator wants to add to their offense, we already have the exact wrong guy for him to play. Well, in the end, though, I'm, it's still who's playing on the field. And, you know, they just put supposedly $13 million into yeah, we'll uh, the transfer portal. And the, what are they getting? Who do they get? Did they get an offensive line with Jillian saying? I mean, then they, they get getting? the Downs kid from uh, Alabama. That's Caleb a big Downs, pickup. That, that is yeah. a, that's a major pickup. But, you know, Michigan just yeah. beat him. Yeah. So, I don't know. But um, it's clear that, the like, uh, the guy in body heat they're willing to do whatever is necessary at this point i mean and whatever is necessary they could have they could have gotten a guy as good as caleb downs if they just recruited rod moore out of their own backyard yeah this is but... what they're up against and if they lose if they put all this money into it and they lose to michigan again <sighs> next year yeah. i mean at that point because they've had excuses for every single one of these right at, if they lose again after that it's just you guys it's, it's well, you. it's two things that happen. If they, if they lose again to Michigan and they don't win up the playoff, the whole deal, 
one, the coaching staff obviously gets gets taken out. Two, they're all those people that gave money to get to like 13, 14, 15 million in NIL is going to start second guessing if they need to give that kind of money to their program for NIL because it didn't work. And you, your wells dry up when it doesn't – will dry up at least a little bit, if not more than a little bit, unless you have oil money because those wells never dry up. But you're, people are going to be like, where's my return on the investment? I give you money so you win. And you can't beat Michigan. I'm not giving you money. They might give it one more go with a new coach, but you have to eventually – you have to win when you get those investments or those investments go away because there's no real return on that investment other than winning. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State's good at what Ohio State does, which is they hate Michigan so much that the minute Michigan starts beating them, they will do anything in the world to fix it. And that's, I mean, maybe that's what's going on right now. They're not going away. Ohio State, no, I don't I don't think the boosters are going to give up. I don't think the fans are going to stop hating. I don't think that they're going to stop wanting to be the best football team in the country. Every, I mean, they're they're going to be Ohio back. State. But they, will, but they will run, but they will run out of, eventually they start running out of, un, you know, the money doesn't turn itself over. Coming back, guys, stand by. Stand by. And we are back on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket online at WTK.com. Ira Weintraub here filling in for Sam for the second two hours here on this Thursday edition of the show. Sam had a prior commitment taking his wife to a minor procedure. I hope everything goes well for uh, Mrs. Webb. But Sam did come on for the beginning of the show, which was not originally the plan. But, of course, with the news breaking uh, last night that Jim Harbaugh is heading off to the NFL. Thanks, Jim. Sam joined us for uh, the first couple hours this morning. I'm now joined by the crew of Brian, Seth, and Craig. And I wanted to ask you guys a kind of a bigger picture college football question that is uh, involved in this uh, Jim Harbaugh leaving. Because I contest that the last couple of weeks, losing Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh to, well, for Nick, obviously, it's retiring. For Jim, it's going to the NFL. I think it's really bad for college football, right? These are the two biggest brands that are not schools, but these are the two biggest brands and coaches in college football. The average fan can't necessarily pick Kirby Smart out of a lineup. He's a great coach. He's won two championships. But the voices, the biggest names in college football are gone. Do you think it's maybe kind of not a good thing at the moment for college football? They kind of, it's good to have these big brands pushing the envelope and guys like Jim saying, pay the players or Nick saying whatever his nonsense is that he says. Hmm. I, well, no I, I, with it. <laughs> I think, I, I don't, I think college football will change this coming year. In some ways, perhaps this last year was the last championship. Because uh, starting next year, you you know you've got uh, as opposed to regional titans squaring off, you could you could be playing the team next door. You could be playing a team three times in a year. You can lose two or three games and win a national championship. That's not impossible. Uh, so things will change. But in terms of the personalities, well. There'll always be personalities in college football. I have a feeling, and I'm not sure that that uh, them going makes that much of a difference on that end. Who moves the needle for the average sport fan? For you know the clickbaiters out there, who moves the needle? Because those are the two guys that I, move the needle more than anybody else I, in the sport. I think this is a problem for sports writers, and I think that's this is a meta question. I think that like you're talking to this is coming from people who. They're worried that they don't have a name they could stick on the top of a headline and be sure of getting clicks. And and now, I mean, this is not a problem for us. Right? I, like, you're, you're asking the wrong guys because MGO blog readers, you know, we could have Brady Hoke coaching the team and they're still going to be reading this site. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, don't put that on us. Uh, <laughs> uh, not a thought I like. 
All right, so guys, as we wrap up the football part of the conversation, we will, uh, of course, uh, continue to follow this along by, I'm guessing by the time you guys join us for this segment next week, we will have a lot more um, finality when it comes to what the Michigan football staff looks like. Because we're obviously now we're in a momentary limbo land while we wait for Maybe. We better. Well, fine. We better be. Is that better? Yeah, we better be. Yeah, we better be in that uh, in that point. So let's shift gears. We've talked. uh, We've promised a lot of opportunities and we haven't had a chance to get to it here on the show. So let's talk a little bit about the hockey team. uh, Brian, Seth and Craig. It looked like through what about a game and a half over the weekend that we were going to be talking about an awesome hockey weekend. I don't know what happened in the second half of that Michigan State game or the back half of it, back end of it. But as we are now in the beginning part of the second half of the season, Brian, why don't you kind of, for those fans that haven't had a chance to really watch a lot of Michigan hockey because we've been so focused on football, where do things stand right now with the team that just finished that split with Michigan State? Uh, well, they're pretty – I mean, <laughs> they, they, I mean, that's just kind of how it is, right? <laughs> well, I, let me – I mean, I've been maybe paying more attention than most of Michigan hockey, and – uh, they they went into Mun on Friday and just demolished Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan State has a really good team. Uh, they were number three in the country as of that moment, and it was just it it was just a dem- complete demolition. Well, they outshot uh, them like nineteen to seven in the first period on Saturday. Too. On Saturday, yeah, and it should and it was one one at the end of the period. It should have been about four to one. And Augustine, their goalie, who was a UM commit at one point uh played just tremendous hockey for them on on and then it's but it's 4-1 with shots being 30 to 9 with uh, nine nine minutes into the into the or 11 minutes into the second period it looks the same as it did friday night and then bizarrely uh um defensemen decided they could just be careless with the puck and pass it in front of their and in, in into michigan state guys in front of the michigan net and and in a in a seven minute span or five minute span maybe they gave up four goals, and three of them were grotesque uh, defensive mistakes by in one case a very experienced defenseman, and uh, it, it's mystifying because we've seen it happen a lot. This is a good Michigan hockey team. Uh, they've got a lot of offense. I think they score as much as anyone in the country, with the possible exception of Denver. Uh, and the goaltending has been not a level, but it's been okay. Barcheski has been okay. He's 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 a competent goalie. Uh, that's worked out better than I thought it would. Um, but they have like these mysterious brownouts uh, where they where they just uh, on Saturday night for a five minute period just made mistakes that made most no sense, and then they panicked. And the yeah, losing the game seven five. Sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, they've lost that. a lot of games right at the end too. So yeah. the story of the first half was uh, they'd like win on Friday night, and then on Saturday night they'd be up three um, to one. Yeah, and then they'd lose the game. Yeah. usually in the last five minutes. So right. I mean, they're talented, but they're also not what they were last year because they didn't really bring in anyone to replace an Adam Fantilli. And that's because of the fiasco that was the hiring process for Brandon Narado. This, this recruiting class doesn't really have a dude in it. <clears throat> um, so they're, they're not as talented as they were. So they're, they can't outrun their mistakes as well. Um, they're 14th in the pairwise, which is like right on the bubble. Right. Um, they'd be on the right side of it. If the season ended today. And usually teams like Michigan do improve more than, uh, uh, 
older teams do just because they are younger um, and they're adapting to college hockey. So I, I'm, you know, getting into the tournament this year and just seeing what happens is, I think, a good goal. And uh, they'll have to, I mean, the, the thing about this league is it's just brutal because Wisconsin got off the mat. They're fourth in pairwise. Michigan State got off the mat. So you got Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan State, Michigan, all in the top 14 in pairwise. And then, I mean, Ohio State's not very good this year, neither is Notre Dame. But there's not like a just a free win in this schedule. So it's, uh, it's, it's the current edition of Big Ten hockey is just like no weekends off. And a team like Michigan that is not quite as talented as they usually are um, is scuffling a little bit, but you know, I, I hope that they're able to to get through these periods of just kind of madness and settle down and have a stretch run that positions them well for the postseason. It's pretty remarkable. You know, the Big Ten a couple of years ago or a few years ago wasn't very good in hockey, and now the Big Ten is a grueling yeah. night in and night out, weekend in, weekend out kind of deal. Where that's two true. years ago, where would this Jeff Jackson Notre Dame team finish in the Big Ten? I second. I mean, I <laughs> I don't know. So. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State is pretty down, but even they have, still have Trelor and they have like guys who can play. Mm-hmm. So there's there's not there's nobody in the league that's I think lower than thirtieth in pairwise. So right. it's just there's a lot of good teams, a couple average teams, uh, and no bad teams. So it's a uh, it's tough it's yeah. a tough environment. So you always got to take that into consideration, which it, is why. Michigan- it, it, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that with that assessment and uh, the. You know, the thing I'm, I'm happy about with Michigan hockey is you can see the way forward for them, uh, not this year or next year. I think they have a good coaching staff. They're young. They're smart. They're into analytics. Uh, you know, I think they really know what they're doing. They've had some problems this year that seem inexplicable to me at times, but hockey is a weird game. The puck doesn't always you know, bounce like, like you think you would like it to, or in ways that are favorable. And, and so, uh, but I think the program is in good shape and I think they have a, a very good chance of, uh, of making the NCAA tournament again this year. And once you're in the NCAA tournament, it's all randomness anyway, on these one well, game. I'm, I'm bringing my outs. daughter both nights to this weekend. Uh, Cause she's been yeah, after me. Big game, Wisconsin. She's, yeah. She's been after me and we, I want to hear Yost loud because I need to convert that that kid. I need she's she's already there. She's already she told Jace Howard that hockey is her favorite sport when he asked her what her favorite <laughs> team at Michigan is. So or she's already there. But I just want to sell this thing. I want it. I, I want to lock down forever. So big recruiting weekend, hockey fans. Let's make it loud. All right, guys. I'm going to bring this back to football as we continue here with the roundtable on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket online at WTK.com. This I happen to just get this press release in the last like five minutes, and I get all these random press releases all the time. You see, on like tweets from people saying, "Oh, these are the latest odds on this." That was because we all get all these press releases all the time. So we happen to just get a press release that has 30 names on the list for who could be Michigan's next head coach. <laughs> 30 names is ridiculous. Yeah, but. At least they have it right at the top because they have Sharon Moore at one to seven odds at minus 700. I don't have ever seen a list of an odds that has something so glaringly obvious at the top. Unfortunately, uh, Leipold at six to one and then Brian Kelly at seven to one. Like I would just at that point, the list is just moot because Brian Kelly at seven to one is just taking somebody's money if somebody actually bet on that. 
Is that paying like a dollar to win like fifty, like twenty cents or something if you bet on Sharon to get the job? Yeah, it's that's like, right. Free yeah. money. <laughs> but shows you where people are actually uh they're paying it. At least some people are at least Vegas. They were actually paying attention. And hopefully this will all happen in the next uh couple of uh can it happen in the next hour or so? That would be nice to have this thing uh is there are there any other names that you would even look at to bring this conversation back? Because I know people keep asking. If it wasn't Sharon for some reason, are there any other viable outside candidates you even look at? Outside, no. no I I could see a no. Uh, I could see them trying something like co-head coaches with uh, Minner and uh, and Sharon. No. no, I think that's never been done. It may be impossible. <laughs> Manual to have an original idea. Come on. But I mean, you could do something like that. I mean, it, it doesn't seem impossible if the two of them would, would come together and say, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, and that would might be fun, And would, but I don't think that's happening. But Jerome Moore is going to be the head coach in Michigan. Go, I, go your, I, I think so, and I hope so. From, from Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I think and hope so. Have a press conference tomorrow. Isn't this weekend? They can recruit this weekend, right? Can't they have kids on campus and whatnot? So they, you got to get this settled as yeah, soon as possible. Is, like that, yeah. at the stage, you have to turn the page. I understand why the why we were in limbo land and it was you're on the NFL's clock and it is kind of what it is. But now that you're on your own clock, what more should I guess do is, how quickly to get the waiver. What more should do is pick his favorite target in the class that's coming up. Be at that kid's house when the news comes. <laughs> <laughs> that's clever. <laughs> be the first guy that he visits yeah not a bad yeah. one uh-huh. all right we just have a couple minutes left i i know this is a college show but i am curious your opinions and your predictions uh particular seth craig and brian if you want to give one you can if you don't i'll leave it up to you but i'm curious your thoughts on the games on sunday you have the uh, the afc and afc and nfc championship games in particular the lions playing out in san francisco who's going to the super bowl craig uh it's sad to say but it's going to be san francisco but the uh I think uh, I I will probably take the Lions, and if the line is still seven, I'll take the seven points because I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a close-ish game, but I I think it's probably the end for the Lions. My goodness, are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't believe the line yeah. is seven points. It seems ridiculous to me. Like this seems a pretty even yeah. matchup. I think that yeah. everyone's looking at the last um at, at the last drive by. Uh, San Francisco's quarterback, whose name all of a sudden just popped up. Purdy. Purdy. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't really lose that one. Um, yeah, everyone's looking at Brock Purdy's last drive and forgetting that the rest of the game, it was terrible. And Gossman playing well. The Lions' offensive line is finally healthy when they were struggling this year. Uh, that was really the only issue. And, I, you know, San Francisco's got a lot of weapons, but Debo's hurt. I don't know if he's going to be 100%. So... I think the Lions are gonna are gonna upset in San Francisco forward down the field. And who are they playing in the Super Bowl? Oh, they're, they're playing the Chiefs because the NFL loves the Chiefs. Just they'll, yeah. They'll find some way to I've had a lot of people come to me in the last uh, forty eight hours or so and say, "You realize that the NFL wants the Chiefs and Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl, so the Ravens have no chance." Oh, my so. daughter's my daughter's gonna really have a hard time picking between the Lions and Taylor Swift. Are you kidding? My kid, my, asked my we asked my kid who she's rooting for in the game on Sunday, and she didn't say the Ravens. So she's going to have a problem getting fed on my, Sunday my in my kid house. My actually told me if the, Lions, if the Lions play the Chiefs that she might have to root for the Chiefs. I mean, she can root for whoever she wants. It's a matter of if she's getting fed or take, you know, driven around or not. That's the other thing. So, uh, no, Brian, we are you never, ever, ever getting back together. After Say what? Do you have I, any teams in the game on Sunday? 
So on Sundays, I work for you, the reader. So I don't know anything uh, about the NFL. Here we go. <laughs> Great answer, Brian. Uh, Brian Cook, appreciate it. Guys, Les Taylor Swift, more Hutchinson sisters. There we go. That would be nice. There you go. All right, guys. Appreciate your time as always. At this time next week, let's hope we are talking about a, what, a completed Michigan staff, recruiting momentum back, and all that kind of good stuff, and the Lions and the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. That would make for a fun conversation next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. And, and thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA, Ann Arbor, a cumulus station.